Today on the Reflex Blue Show, we talk to what cheers John Henry Mueller, who has let his design go, literally, to the dogs. Welcome back, everybody. We have with us a guest that actually goes back quite a while today. Uh, well, first off, I'm Donovan Beer, your host, and I have me with me my co-host, Ben Luters. Hello, everybody. And we have brought back John Henry Mueller. John, how are you doing? Good. How are you today? Now, you were actually last on the show. We were, we were trying to figure this out sometime in season one. And then you actually go back to the uh, Be Design cast days. You were with us then. Yeah, yeah. I came in with uh, the Divi Collective group. And at this time, you were running a company called What Cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go, it's, it's just a one-page site that's kind of, but you kind of close shop. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, we uh, stopped doing consulting work uh, in favor of uh, doing a startup. And so, so what cheer was a, is mainly, you did design, but it was almost all web. Yeah, yep. And in a lot more programming, and so you have good reputation in town. You guys are actually the anchor point of the Mastercraft building that people in Omaha hear mm-hmm. about. And then all of a sudden now, your, your business has literally gone to the dogs. Uh, <laughs> quite literally, yes, that's <laughs> absolutely right. Now, what do you mean by that, Donovan? Well, John, 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 how much do the dogs have you gone into and can you explain to everybody uh, what you're doing right now sure sure so um uh what cheer was uh, a uh, consulting company like you said it actually started as uh my freelance thing and i think that uh when i came on the show f- with uh the divi group that uh was um uh when i was still a freelancer and so i was mostly doing graphic design as what cheer evolved it, my freelance thing became what cheer and what cheer became lean much more web heavy like you had said and uh, as time went on we became a lot more interested in startup culture you know all of the stuff that's going on with uh, Silicon Prairie and Big Omaha. Now now Silicon Prairie news for, for mm-hmm. your listeners not in the area it's it's a website basically dedicated to news in the midwest of startups. Mm. And Technology, what, do, what yeah. do you guys actually consider startups like what is the definition that you kind of see as a startup? Well so the startup in the way that we typically use the word is uh, high growth, um, normally technology centric um, companies that uh, are web based or app based um, that uh, are looking to grow a large audience or um, have some sort of high growth and fairly innovative and yeah 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 and so so you've taken this and you kind of got involved with them and and a lot of these startups are actually housed in the ma- in the What's the Mastercraft? They used to make Mastercraft furniture there. Right. Building. Yeah. And when was what? You, when did you guys actually move into the Mastercraft? Uh, so um, let's see. That was just over just over three years ago. We moved in the Mastercraft. We're the very first tenant. Yeah. So um, we were in the Saddle Creek Records complex before that. That was um, uh, we shared a space with uh, Secret Penguin, um, and uh, yeah, that was just a few blocks uh, to the um, south of where we are now. So we moved a little bit further north into the Mastercraft building, which is this giant warehouse. <laughs> it's a cool place, really, really neat, um, clear story windows, um, and uh, it's just a really neat building. And we fell in love with the building and wanted to move in, but we um, didn't really know what was going to happen. So um, um, we were fortunate that uh, friends moved in along, uh, around us. Secret Penguin moved in next door, and um, uh, some other things moved in. Uh, soon after that and it really created this culture in the building which is pretty neat yeah you guys really led that that exodus it's kind of hard for me to imagine now when i walk in the mastercraft 
that at one time it was just you know you guys and like secret penguin because now I mean how many people are in there now would you oh uh, well, I'd say it it's over it's like twenty or thirty tenants yeah and they're all you know pretty technology focused pretty creative focused company so it's a pretty cool place to be you walk down the hall and you see all kinds of neat businesses absolutely. And so, so let's go back to this dogs thing. Yeah. So explain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't really. You asked me a question and I didn't fulfill it. I'm sorry. No, about that's that. all right. That's all right. I'm just. I just want to talk about dogs. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Donovan's kind of a dog guy. We do a lot of dog work around here for we some reason. Do. We actually, uh, I think in in last year we had six different businesses that were dog related that we did work for here, mm-hmm. eleven yeah. nineteen or something. Wow. So. Absolutely. We, we actually do continue to work for a dog poop removal service. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, we kind of cover that needs all, to be done. all parts of the uh, dog lifestyle, yeah. Well, very good. So we're very interested in this new endeavor you guys are doing. So, so the um, we had been wanting to work on a startup of our own, and uh, we had been toying with other things, so there was, um, uh, we'd been working on some, all kinds of side projects, along with the consulting work we did, for clients like Mind Mixer and um, uh, ProxyVid and Hayneedle and Union Pacific and some other um, clients, that we um, were we wanted to do our own projects and um, we'd done a lot of different like little side projects, um, including our task management thing that's called Pep Rally because we're called What Cheer. We thought it would make sense to call our task management system pep rally and so I like it. with that I like it. and uh, we made a children's telephone uh, using a Twilio API it's called Bumble bumblephone.com it's a, a fun service where um, it uh, allows um, kids to call their parents using their computer and, and the key to that is when the kids log in they only can call certain people like you said right up, right 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 and so but that, you know the kids smarter than you so they've already got loops around it or not or do you set that <laughs> uh, right so the the parents have set up their hive and and they uh, um, set it up so they can only call a few different numbers. But um, so you know, we've been toying with the idea of um, doing our own product and be able to focus on one thing that we own and and grow long term. And um, and so we've been trying to figure out what that thing would be. And we knew that's what we wanted to do uh, to put our efforts into that direction. And so and, and and you listeners out there, if you go to is it still whatcheer.com? Mm-hmm. You've, you've basically taken down all the client work, but there are links to these side projects that you mentioned yeah, that yeah, you kind of yep. did on the side. So if you guys want to yeah. see kind of the uh, the trial and errors of finding the proper startup, yeah. they're all right there. Right. Yeah, and definitely check it out. Because these sites are still live. You can still use Bumble Phone. Yep. Yep. Great. Definitely. Um, so, um, uh, and then um, a client of ours, actually, um, uh, she uh, worked for a company called Squidoo. She founded the company with uh, a guy named Seth Godin. That uh, they founded Squidoo about uh, it's about eight years ago now, and uh, she was with the company for over seven years. And um, she left the company to start her own startup, and that's what Pack is. And uh, she contacted me and said, you know, I'm looking to build a team. I'm looking for a designer and a developer. I want to build this thing. It's about dogs. It's for people who love their dogs. And, uh, and it, it turned out that the timing was just right for us, and the team that she needed to build was, we had all the right pieces. And so um, it ended up being a really great fit. And the website is uh, Pack? Yep, it's uh, packlove.com. Packlove.com. And this just launched, was it on Valentine's Day of this year? Yeah, actually we're uh, in beta, so it 
technically hasn't launched yet. We'll have a, a larger launch event um, uh, this spring. And um, so right now we, uh, it's, it's closed. And so uh, if you need an invite, you can send me an email. Um, but uh, um, so yeah, right now it's, um, it's not a full feature set. It's for people to be able to go on and post a profile of their dog, but uh, eventually we'll have a lot more fun things for people to play with. How much, how much can you talk about what it, what it will be like? Is this kind of a Facebook for dogs, or <laughs> for dog lovers? Is this more of a, a dog product website, or how can does you... Does my dog have to have his own computer to use this? Does my dog need to have opposable thumbs Maybe. in order to... <laughs> well, uh, uh, does, your, does your dog have an iPhone? My dog's, my dog's, I've got one dog who's smart enough to run one, and we have the other one that is not. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, Working on the other one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, he's, that one's hopeless. We, we love the guy, but he is not yeah. ever going to be computer He's literate. a droid user. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, uh, so the, the site's responsive, so the, your, your dog with the iPhone will be okay. Okay. Um, your dog without, um, you might have to do some updates for him, so... Um, but yeah, so we will have some social features. It's funny you say Facebook for dogs. They're like that is like the like cliche like bad startup idea. <laughs> and so when when we first uh, um, were exploring what this would be, it was like oh we have that like stigma to get over, and it's kind of funny. But um, uh, but but dogs are cool. Everybody loves dogs. Everyone loves their dog so much, and like um, and that's what this is all about. Um, and. Uh, and so we're excited to build a community around people who love their dogs, and uh, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, great. Well, hey, w when we come back, we're going to talk about what it's like to actually work for a startup as compared to work for these things called clients. Is that is that what is that what they're called uh, now? Mm -hmm. I don't know. People. So now that you've started up packlove.com, mm -hmm. and is th this is like a long-term thing is, is the goal for this, correct? Sure. Yeah. Now, the first thing everyone's going to ask, I mean, it's coming to everybody's mind, is like, well, this is great, but how do you live like starting doing a startup like this when, you know, advertising revenue, whatever's being planned, mm -hmm. if you're still in beta, isn't going to come for a while. You've already been working on this mm -hmm. for a while. Sure. How do you go about the revenue stream, or is this where, mm -hmm. is this where uh, the other people come along? Mm -hmm. Well, so like, uh, like with any startup, it, investor, investors play an important role, so that way um, you have enough runway to uh, build up your business and, uh, and create a user base uh, before you're profitable. And so um, and that's, of course, the stage we're in now before we've even launched the site, and that's where we'll be for a little while before... Um, We've, uh, man, I, I'm using all kinds of jargon. Before our uh, <laughs> our uh, revenue channels are in full effect, right? So yeah, I'm not understanding a word this guy said. <laughs> so <laughs> is that something that that you have been, had to play an active role in, or is that something where you want to get a partner that's better at it? Or yeah, so I mean, that was sort of the the part that um, uh, so me and uh, John Hobbs and Alex Gates uh, at What Cheer, the partners at What Cheer. Um, as we're looking for a startup to, to work on full-time to really dedicate ourselves to, that we were sort of missing this piece of someone that was um, more of the, the visionary business person, that uh, I can do the design, and Alex is really great at strategy and does some development, and John Hobbs is an incredible developer. And so um, 
we, we had a lot of the pieces to, to create a startup, but we didn't have um, a lot of the business savvy and um, vision for what we wanted to build. And, and this is very common for like freelancers too. We're always yeah. running into the what do what do what do you do for the the business stuff? Like I need to, mm-hmm. I can do the work, but I can't get the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so um, meeting Megan was great. I mean, uh, you know, she's she started a, a startup with um, with Seth Godin, and so like it, he was a great mentor to her, and um, and uh, and she's been she's incredibly smart and. Um, and really she, now she, she, now you guys are here in Omaha, but she is not, if I understand right, correctly. Right, right. She lives in San Jose, and she lives in the Bay Area, and and um, so uh, Pac is technically um, from Los Gatos, which is really funny because it's a startup about dogs uh, that's in uh, a place called the Cats. <laughs> <laughs> so is did she? Is she? I mean, are you guys taking her advice on like how to do this? Is this kind of like her role in the in the business? Or? Well, I mean, she's she's really leading it. I mean, she's hands-on, um, you know, from talking to investors to uh, planning out what the product is going to be to, I mean, this is her vision. And so being able to work on this and collaborate closely with her is uh, a lot of fun. And now let's talk about this too. When you say collaborate closely, I love that you're saying this when you're 2,000 miles away sure. from <laughs> the sure. other coworker. Yeah. And so we talked right before the show that is it is it news? Can we talk about your your current work situation? Like you guys sure. aren't really in the like if you go to the Mastercraft right, right. now, there's probably nobody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, there's nobody in your <laughs> there office. There are people in the Mastercraft, right? Yeah. So um, uh, at the end of March, um, we'll be moving out of the Mastercraft building, and uh, right now um, we spend most of our days distributed anyway. We work from home. It's cold out, and so it's easier than driving down to the office, and uh, and we spend uh, a lot of our time inside of campfire and. Uh, doing Google Hangouts, and uh, I see Megan, who lives in California, almost as much as I see Alex and John, uh, who live right here in Nebraska. So uh, as a team that we collaborate all day long every day, but we do digitally. Does the do the Google Hangouts help, like, the, rather than via just email, to actually see that they're actually, like, I don't know, awake and not? <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I suppose so. Uh, I'm, I mean, it there's something uh, about meeting in person that becomes really important when you're collaborating, being able to use a whiteboard and being next to somebody and you pick up on, on subtle hints with people, uh, I, I think is really important. Um, and I don't know if, uh, it'll be a while before I think uh, digital communication gets to that point where um, it, it breaks down those barriers. Megan came in, she was here on Monday and left Tuesday morning. Uh, she was here just for one day. Um, for a day of collaboration. Is that pretty valuable? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we planned out this this next, uh, there are next sprints of what we're working on. And so, um, uh, that, I mean, it's it's super important. And we were able to review design things together and, and plan out what's next. Absolutely. The beauty of technology, huh? Yeah. It's amazing that this can even happen. Yeah. Um, you know, as we talk about transitioning from client work to this kind of startup world, mm-hmm. obviously that's, very exciting and you sound very excited about doing this thing that it sounds like has been in the back of your guys heads for a while wanting oh, to, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. this so that's very exciting but I imagine it's also a little bit bittersweet as you transition from clients that you've worked mm-hmm. with talk me through like that transition how do you break that to them or like do you pass them on to somebody else mm-hmm. is it a it's not it's not <laughs> you it's us <laughs> <laughs> is it a breakup is it more of a yeah do they get it 
Is um, it a, if this doesn't work, we'll be calling you in a week? <laughs> is it a, you know, John Hobbs, can you just take care of uh, this one? And you just kind of, you know, sleep in and hope it goes well? Or <laughs> well, I think all of your assumptions that you just made are absolutely correct. So every one of them. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, it, it was tough to um, transition away from clients. And it was something that I didn't know how to do. Uh, and uh, I had asked a, a lot of different people that had made this transition. Um, yeah, normally, normally clients transition away from you. I mean, that's normally yeah. the process of these things. That shows how amazing what cheers. Oh, though. stop it! <laughs> uh, but it, it was a difficult thing to do. Um, you know that uh, these clients become really good friends, and you know we we didn't want to let anybody down. Yeah. But um, uh, I think everybody understood um, our own aspirations to to create something of our own that we would own. Mm. Now let's talk about the big 800 pound gorilla here in the room. Okay. We hear, I think I saw this, one of the owners of PAC does not own a dog. That's true. That is true. Does and, everybody want to own a dog? And, well, and how is, I mean, what are you guys doing about this? Is this something that you guys even want out there? I mean, well, it was on the website, it's kind of buried, but I was like, I don't know. Who is it? John Hobbs uh, does not own a dog. Uh, do well, we need to just like go get a couple Great Danes and just drop them off at his house? That'd well, be a good place to start, I think. I think it, giving a dog is always a really good idea. <laughs> people people love getting dogs on, especially full grown that weigh at least two hundred pounds. And, and give them give them like a bowl of dog food too. I mean, it's not like it's just a dog. You're helping take care of them. Right, 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 yeah. right. Well, John actually wants to get a dog. Uh, he's been looking to get a dog for a while, and um, but. Uh, he uh, has a, a fairly small house and a newborn, and so he's waiting for the right timing to get a dog. But um, if you have a breed suggestion, my you my breed suggestion is always pugs. Uh huh. We have a couple pugs. We have a newborn. Mm -hmm. They they get along with everybody. And in my my other recommendation is to get it from the pug rescue. Yes. Because uh -huh. we also we actually help them out with Great. some stuff. But but that is my recommendation. Mm -hmm. They're just fantastic little things. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Pugs, pug people, take amazing photos of their pugs. Well, that's because pugs are so, uh, they're like little posers. Mm -hmm. They're manipulators. You pull out the camera and they'll kind of like, they always like, they'll just sit still and they'll be like, oh, I'm getting photos taken. Most of them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other dog that we see that uh, is very photogenic and it seems that their owners are uh, into uh, taking great photos is um, uh, French bulldogs. It seems mm -hmm. like every person that has a French bulldog. Um, takes really great photos, and they're they're very being in the kind of the pug scene or whatever mm -hmm. you call it. They're very much a lot of people who have pugs have French bulldogs because I think their personalities are very similar. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like they're Boston terriers too. No terrier, no Boston terriers. They look similar, okay. But they are actually terriers, and they are completely different. They're a very okay. active dog, where pugs and French bulldogs here. more of like a lap sitter. <laughs> okay. So they're now, Donovan, don't leave all our clients for pack now. Yeah. <laughs> You're the dog expert. I actually don't. We don't have any dogs. We love. What? To, I know, right? But we don't. But we don't run a, a dog. I mean, we do work for dog <laughs> clients, right. but that's not our only client. So no, it's different. We, we would like to. We'd like to have dogs. Um, a big problem with uh, with our family, though, is there's a lot of really bad allergies in our family. Mm. Primarily cats. So we had cats um, for a couple years and had to get rid of them just because such heavy allergies from like um, Megan's sister and a lot of my uncles and some others that mm -hmm. just couldn't even come over anymore. And So that was really hard. 
But, uh, yeah, we, we would like to have dogs at some point, especially yeah. when Jonah's old enough to take care of When them. you're allergic, you got to go to, like, uh, I think the poodles because they have, like, human hair instead of dog fur. Mm, well, or uh, whatever the Obamas ended up getting because one of their daughters was allergic. Uh, oh, yeah. So whatever they got. Hypoallergenic ones. Yeah. yeah. They got whatever breed, whatever breed their dog is. Yeah, so we have an Italian greyhound uh, named Phoebe. Phoebe, cupcake, little cutesy small. Is that uh, the actual name of your That's, that's the it. name of did, our Did your kids help out. name that? They did. So uh, with, all of, with all of our <laughs> pets, we've uh, had a naming convention, which is uh, which I like quite a bit. The first name is like a, an old person's name. I think pets with human names is an important trait. That uh, So giving them sort of maybe an older, more traditional name. We'll like that. Ours, ours, our dogs are Homer and a Johnny. Oh, that's great. So there. Very good. And then uh, a middle name. So having a complete. Oh, ours are Homer, Jay, and Johnny Carl. Oh, very good. Yeah. And so the middle name is uh, what has been sort of like some random word that Isaiah or Anora, our children, have come up with for the pets. And then the last name is a trait of the animal. And that really sort of like closes the loop and makes it a nice sounding name. So uh, Phoebe Cupcake, Anora named that, Little Cutesy Small. And so her last name is sort of a trait of who she is. Little Cutesy Small. Little Cutesy Small. Mm -hmm. And so our cats are um, Madeline, Kiko, Tippy tail. She has a little tip on her tail. Yeah, we're not talking about cats. And we're not talking so about cats. <laughs> let's, if you go to packlove.com, how can we find and connect with a little cutesy small? Uh, you can go to packlove.com slash Phoebe. F-E-E-B, is it P-H? P-H-E, wait, no. P-H-O-E-B-E. Yeah, okay. Packlove.com slash P-H-O-E-B-E. O-E-B-E. Okay, and then that is a little cutesy small you're looking at in your browser. Right? That is, that's her. All right, we come back. We got a few other things we're going to talk about, and then uh, maybe maybe it'll be dogs. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be this beard that you no longer have. Oh Johnny dear. that you guys at Wet Cheer have been involved in for the past few years mm -hmm. is this local, fun, startup uh, conference mm -hmm. called Big Omaha. Yeah. And every year, as far as I know, you guys have kind of done a fun, promotional, sometimes like game kind mm -hmm. of thing that kind of integrates with the conference. Yeah. And so I wonder if you could just tell us some of the things you guys have done with yeah. them. And maybe a sneak preview is something you might be doing this year, if you are. Sure. Uh, so uh, the first year, we launched a, a program that uh, we call I Live in Omaha. And that was um, at the very first Big Omaha. And that came out of this idea of a, that Big Omaha was uh, building and generating all this hype. And we were saying, you know, we, we live in this community, and we're really excited about all the stuff that's going on here. And um, that, uh, and so that's why I, I Live in Omaha happened. And so... That's iliveinomaha.com if you want to see that. And uh, let's see, the second year, let's see, that was um, we uh, organized the uh, pre-party, and that um, was around this theme of, like, 1990s technology. There was a website uh, that we put together that was all built in tables and had lots of animated <laughs> GIFs and oh, that was, that MIDI's was, playing. That and, was amazing. Uh, that was, this uh, I actually haven't seen. 
I, I wasn't I'll sure to, to do the second it's, it's the closest thing to the Space Jam website since the Space Jam website. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say since the website we launched yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that we organized that party and had Sega Genesis is there, at, um, and people were playing Sonic the Hedgehog and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and that was called Network Neighborhood, uh, based on you know the, like the Windows. Um, What's uh, the URL for that? If it's still up, do you know? Uh, I think it's Big Omaha dot what dash cheer dot com I think hmm. maybe that's still I'll there. try to link to this on the post we'll try to find this after yeah that. yeah that's back in the dash days of what cheer so that's the second year and um, that was the second year the third year um, I think that was selective perspective yeah. detective objective that was the one I got to be a part of yeah that's right uh, so uh, that was um, so uh, before the actual conference we hosted a coloring contest. We thought we had an extra ticket to the conference, and it was kind of hard to get tickets at that time. By that time, it, uh, it had uh, created a lot of hype. Yeah, this conference sells out every year. Oh, if you don't have your ticket now, you quickly. probably aren't going again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, we had an extra ticket, and we knew that a lot of people wanted to go, and so we uh, hosted a coloring contest. And uh, Ben won. It was... I've been waiting for that. You can you can link you can probably see it in your browser window. Ben put up your winning picture right there. I think he he won because he drew a picture of John Henry in his drawing. Oh, that's not up in all the clouds. That, yeah, right. It, it was sort of uh, this omnipresent sort of figure, right? <laughs> that really won you over. I guess. Well, who else was in in that? So drawing? in uh, in the drawing, there's there's a big story behind this, and uh, I really don't want to minimize how important this this coloring actually was in my career uh -huh. because it was really the attention that I got from winning this and going to Big Omaha mm -hmm. that um, made Donovan take notice of me and my work and well, actually maybe remember him. Yeah. <laughs> Donovan was a teacher of mine back in the Metro days. But and I was looking for another employee and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about Ben. Oh, no, there's that guy. <laughs> it's a memory thing. Yeah, and so I'm really glad that my wife encouraged me to finish that uh, coloring the night before it was due. And yeah, in the in the drawing again, we're posted on this uh, in this blog post, but um, it included, of course, John Henry up in the sky looking down upon <laughs> the Earth, um, and it also featured uh, Megan Hunt or Princess Lasertron mm -hmm. and her baby Alice mm -hmm. up in a little spaceship, and uh, there's also the uh, analog, the Prairie Dog, Silicon right. Prairie News. I'm basically trying to pander to everybody in the creative. Uh, <laughs> Some, Gordon Steve yeah, Gordon's yeah, Steve there. Gordon. Somehow I was not, and I still call them. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's not pandering well enough. That doesn't, I don't know. that doesn't make any sense. I wasn't, I'm not in on the startup scene. I, I may have to go back and do a, a new revision that includes... I would like to see that. Perhaps Donovan riding on the cow. Uh-huh. I'm seeing this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it really was um, a pretty monumental uh, milestone in my life. And I don't know if you guys intended it to be so when you started the conference, or started the uh, contest, but... You know, it, from that, I, I even I got to meet you guys, mm -hmm. sit with you during part of the conference. I had lunch with all the Oxide guys, and, and now these are people I consider my peers and friends, and mm -hmm. I, I learn a lot. Even just sitting next to Drew Davies, he, he gave me all kinds of advice and um, perspective on uh -huh. the design industry. And at this time, I, I was just working in my basement. Uh -huh. I'd never worked a day in an office uh -huh. with local clients, and uh -huh. I had only worked for companies, uh, one company in Hawaii, long distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's really cool about Omaha is that everyone is so accessible and that, um, I mean, you, you were 
able to go to this conference because of, of this coloring contest, but um, I think you're able to in Omaha just to reach out to people pretty easily, and maybe that um, was just a, it, it showed that to you that that was possible, but um, I think it's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, I think before that, I just kind of felt like separated from everybody. Yeah. I, mean, I was, you, th you think in your head, you see these people doing this amazing work and doing these things, they're all seem so busy about their lives. They seem inaccessible, but I think mm -hmm. what I found, like he's just said, is that really they're a lot less, you know, pretentious and a lot more accessible than I ever thought mm -hmm. they would be, that they would just, you know, some of them. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I think even, it's funny, I didn't really know Steve Gordon, but, and he didn't actually attend the conference, but he was like cooking burgers and hot dogs outside of the conference <laughs> to, over by the, where the new black is now, sure. um, uh, in that old office building. And I talked to him and stuff, he had seen the drawing and, and even made a connection with him there. Um, and we see Steve all the time now, so. Um, anyways, thanks for that. But that was so. That yeah. was the third year, and yeah. and say the name of the uh, the game that you guys did for that. That year, it was selective called selective perspective detective objective. So we needed an acronym for that. Right out of Dr. Seuss. And uh, so we call it Speedo, right? And so uh, <laughs> and that was a, a QR game. Uh, so you know QR codes. Uh, now everyone thinks they're so lame, which they totally are. Which they um, but so that was a game that we created. Should have told me that before I got this QR tattoo on oh, my belly. Man, man. <laughs> when, For the What Cheer website. <laughs> so uh, um, that was a QR game. That was a lot of fun, and that was when we had uh, the development chops of John Hobbs on on staff. And so, if wait, if I recall correctly, you guys had just hired John Hobbs like the week before. Not even a week before. It was uh, like his minutes first, before. His first two days at What Cheer were building selective detective. <laughs> selective detective objective. Wait. What? Fox Speedo. With socks, I think is what it is. Yeah. Like yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, John Hobbs uh, built some really cool things for that. There, every um, QR code that we placed. Um, uh, had uh, a geolocation tied to it. So as we placed it, we had an admin tool where we'd scan it. And so we um, had every single one tagged. And then during the conference, he built this map where w um, when people were scanning them live, it would uh, show their Twitter avatar on a, a map so you could see exactly when people were scanning them live. And he did that like during the break. He's just showing off at this point. Of course, He's of like, course. Yeah, you just hired the right guy. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, and so that brings us to year four of Big Omaha, which uh, was last year. And before the conference, so much like we did the coloring mm -hmm. contest, we had an extra ticket to give away. And so we liked this whole idea of like doing silly games and fun things. And so uh, we did uh, a hot or cold game. Right. And uh, this, was, this was fun. We um, had actually done a similar concept before with hot or cold. Uh, but previously, we did it online and just... Um, gave people hints on Facebook and Twitter, but this time it was uh, a lot more technology-centric where um, people would uh, use their smartphone and would be driving around in their car, hopefully in their passenger seat, um, and uh, uh, looking at their phone and uh, with their geo-coordinates, it would uh, tell them if they were hot or they were cold because we had a ticket hidden in Omaha somewhere and they would have to drive around until um, they were until their screen got bright red, and uh, they would uh, know that they were getting closer. So, can you tell us now that this is a year out? Can you tell us where was it hidden? Where yeah. was the ticket yeah. hidden, and who who? who we were at uh, Standing Bear Lake in uh, Northwest Omaha, and um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, it wasn't uh, me. I don't win this every year. You guys. 
<laughs> I was actually vacationing on the East Coast at the time. Oh, right. Of course. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it, the whole game went pretty quickly. Um, I think uh, maybe it was only like 20 minutes long or something. I can't remember exactly. Because you guys have been promoting it for like a week to let people know like there was a start time yeah. when you would turn yep. on the thing. Yeah. Yep. And, and when they got there, if I remember, because you had a video or something, mm -hmm. it was in, I mean, the ticket wasn't just there, it was... It was frozen in a block of ice. Yeah. It's totally normal. Totally normal. And so when the winner got there, um, took an axe to smash the block of ice. Was there an axe, like, waiting there for them? Uh, John Hobbs had one in his trunk. And the funny thing is, John Hobbs always has one in his trunk. He has so many weird <laughs> things in his trunk, honestly. <laughs> That so we need something and it's oh I ha might have one in my trunk, it's it's really pretty strange. You know if you hired hired the right guy when he's got an axe just waiting in his trunk. Of course. <laughs> now, this year when it, when is Big Omaha this year? Uh, um, it's in May. You guys have something planned or is it still is we it still do. secret? When are you going to start promoting it and and if it is secret. How do people find out about the promotion once it's starting to be promoted? Well, um, what can you say? What can we say? So um, this year, uh, we're working with um, uh, Big Omaha again to, to do something. And they wanted to do um, something that uh, is very much tied to uh, you know, the idea of networking and it being a small conference. Because it's, it's such a neat conference that people come from all over the US to, or probably all over the world, to go to this conference. Uh, because it's it it's such a unique unique uh, unique thing that they've they've built. Dusty and Jeff and Danny have done such a great job putting together this conference. But um, so we want to do something around that idea of of uh, connecting people, and uh, we're thinking it's going to have something to do with uh, degrees of separation. So um, some sort of game again, uh, actually at the conference this time, instead of before the conference. And so um, that's what we're we're planning on. And so this will be unveiled at the conference. It's not like something people have to find out about beforehand. Um, you know, uh, so last year we actually did a couple things. Like the year before, we did the coloring contest and Speedo. And the last year we... Well, last year I think we just followed you on what Cheer on Facebook and we mm -hmm. kind of saw these things pop oh, up. Oh, sure, like, yeah. Like yeah, where yeah, do people yeah. go so that when this starts to get announced, they can, sure. they can see so, it. Sure, um, so you can follow what Cheer on uh, Facebook or Twitter. So we're what Cheer on both of those networks. So you can follow us there. Wonderful. Absolutely. All right, and finally, your your greatest piece of work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know how this. I think it's the best thing he's ever done. You, how long did it take you to grow out that gorgeous beard you had? Uh, it was it was nine months. It was like uh, like growing it, a child. It, <laughs> and and you birthed that thing into a gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. An Absolutely. Gift. So John Henry uh, made this extraordinary gift that you now see on your screen if you're watching this on the website of. Um, his beard growing and being cut off uh, that just just in a loop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell so, us about this magic. So um, it's kind of a weird phenomenon. That, so the GIF was a byproduct of something else I was working on and still have not finished this project. Um, that uh, someone told me recently about this, this concept of if you tell somebody about the thing you're working on, it makes it harder to finish that thing. And have you heard of this? this I idea? haven't, but I actually it's making have. sense to me. Yeah, and and so um, I told all these people about this thing I was trying to make, which was a website of the beard where you would be able to draw the beard back onto my face. 
and you would be able to pick different stencils, just like with Photoshop, where you pick different thicknesses of of brushes and things. That sounds and, amazing. Yeah, I know. I, I know. do this every day before I go to work. I every to get day. Get me in the yeah. That seems kind of weird. No, but because no. he grows a beard every day, and then he knows, then he can see how he should properly cut it before uh-huh. he shows up. Oh, oh, well, try different styles on you, and like, all right, I could see me doing this. Yeah, and uh, so that was the idea uh, to make the and. John Hobbs figured out the HTML5 uh, technology and had it all figured out. And so we were like 90% of the way there actually capturing the photos. My brother Daniel, who's a great photographer in Omaha, helped me out uh, with the taking the photos and did all the, the Photoshop work to like get it just lined up perfectly. I made the animated GIF, told people that this is what I was planning on doing, and never finished the project. So How it's close a sad is it to story. Being, I mean, are you still going to do this? Is this something you want to do? Oh man, I should reel up. I, I'm telling you about it right now, so that sets me back even further. <laughs> yeah, but I assume if we follow what's here on Facebook, then in four or five years, when when it's probably HTML pen. Sure, yeah. right. The, the beard will be all gray at this point, mm-hmm. you know, and more wrinkles, and yeah, it's gonna be sad. I'll look so young in those photos. But you so called young it back then. But yeah, I remember you had the Facebook with he was growing the woe beard. Mm-hmm. Is what you called it. Yeah, and so and you, and you had updates, so I could see like he's at eighty percentage, but yeah. I never saw the hundred uh, percent status percentage. Well, that was the that was the that. end. That was when I cut it off. That was you saw the whole buffering. You saw the whole loading sequence. You had a beard that made people say "whoa," and you're like, "I got to get rid of it." Um, yeah. Well, so the, the the term "whoa beard" is a, a term from my son that uh, so like. You know, there are some whoa beards. It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, they're, you know the kind of beards that you see when someone says whoa? Where you're like, whoa, that's a beard. That's a whoa beard. John, you definitely had a whoa beard. Yeah, that thing was Not gross. everybody can. I think it was kind of cool, but not everybody can grow a beard like you grew. And it, it really was of a, it was like a patriarchal beard of biblical proportions. Oh, well, thank you. It's <laughs> nice of you to say it, but it was pretty gross. I think to be a biblical proportion, it has to go whiter gray. I think it really mm-hmm. does, hey, but, but it was getting there. It was had some weird coloring going on. That like underneath there was like the the weird under neck beard that was like black, and my hair is brown, and but like there was this black weird curly under beard that was that nobody should see. What did your wife think of the beard? That's really what I found about beards is it doesn't really matter what you think or what uh-huh. any of your friends think. It's all about the wife. So what, what what was your wife's take on it? Was she like, we need to lose the woe beard? No, or, she really liked the beard. She liked the beard a lot. And you married the right woman, John. Well, I, I think so. I think that so. I mean, based on the beard alone, that I mean, that's a pretty good indication. That's maybe the only indication you need. Really? That, so that's what marriage counseling should really be mostly about people. I think we just limit it to that. We're I talking about a lot better off. Yeah, I think they start there and they're like, hey, you know, my, my relationship's in trouble. And they're like, well, have you tried growing a woe beard? Hmm. <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, and that, maybe, like, really tests maybe it. Why, don't, why don't you uh, set your next appointments for nine months from now when you have your <laughs> woe beard? And uh, we'll see how your relationship is then. That's a good test. We yeah. should do marriage counseling. No, no, no. I think, I think we'll stick to the work. John will stick to the dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and we, John Henry Mueller, we really appreciate you being on here. Yeah. Follow him, packlove.com, whatcheer.com, uh, woebeard. It's not done yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Not yet. Thanks for listening to the Reflex Blue Show. For more information, visit 36point.com. The Reflex Blue Show was created by Donovan Beery and Nate Voss. Music by Ben Luters.